You're listening to episode four of the Career Geek Podcast, where we talk to web developer Carl Raven. All right, hi there. My name's Kyle Evans. I am here at Midfur talking with. Oh, are we going Carl or Simon? <laughs> uh, uh, let's go, uh, Carl. Why not? Either one. I've given you a real name anyway, so it doesn't really matter either way. People know my real name. No worries. Anyway, Carol is a is a web designer uh, specialising in PHP. Well, where, how did you get your start? You've been working since 1996, yeah? Yeah, um, I've been employed by various ISPs, either in a tech support role, uh, so doing literal help desk was my first job um, at UWA, and uh, I was also sort of doing training sessions then, so t- teaching people how to use the internet using a, a Unix shell. So not Linux, actual proper Unix. We had a deck alpha box. So anyone who knows what a deck alpha box is. Um, yeah. well, that's one thing. You can assume that the people listening to this already have some kind of interest. They're either in high school or yeah. uni, and so they have some some interest. So feel free to use any sort of technical terms and yeah. just, just explain anything that's a bit more advanced. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, teaching people to use uh, the, in- the internet on a deck alpha. Um, and that was just sort of you know running training sessions, fairly informal stuff. Uh, but uh, after, or actually ju- while I was at uni, um, I got a job through friends uh, who also worked at UWA uh, doing web pages, um, which I was always bad at. I really don't have a good eye for design, um, but they employed me and you know they, they let me pretend to be a web developer for a bit. Uh, then um, quit ISPs for a little bit, uh, tried to do music properly. Uh, and that failed, so I ended up getting a job at, uh, doing tech support. Well, g- g- critically successful, at least. Well, yeah, for some. Actually, no, that is true. Yeah, even sort of outside the uh, the ferry thing, I've had a bit of critical success. Anyway, got into a tech support role um, at a prominent ISP, who shall remain nameless, um, and ended up getting a bit of attention for really filling the internal wiki up um, with lots of articles uh, and also writing just little applications here and there in PHP. Uh, and so they decided that I would be the guy uh, that should take over from the uh, then wiki developer because um, she was kind of losing her nut. And uh, that was a couple of years ago and now I'm their, uh, I'm their wiki guy. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my job. Cool, cool. What kind of skills? You're, you're mostly a, a coder in, in web development. What kind mm-hmm. of skills do you need to have? Can you just specialize in PHP? Like, what kind of essential coding systems should people know okay. to be employable? T- uh, to be employable, it kind of it, it varies. Um, with any web page, you've got about five different programming languages or five different ways of getting computers to do stuff you need to be at least partly across and depending on how across which bit you are that's your job title so someone who's a web developer um, or a programmer um, I'm technically a programmer that's my job title will know PHP or ASP or Java or something like that which is your system sort of building language you also need to know MySQL or Oracle or Microsoft SQL so that you can communicate with a database Um, on top of that a bit of knowledge of HTML is helpful um, if you're a programmer, as well as CSS and also JavaScript is very useful. Um, so it sounds like you should know at least three or four languages. You need to know... To, to get a web page actually working, you need to know about five languages. Um, well, yeah, well, job, yeah, JavaScript's definitely um, yeah, uh, something of a, a hated thing among web developers, but it's getting easier. Um, in, in your experience, in, in, in your employment history, have you found that you, 
you need to know that to make a website or that or the or do uh, web designers sometimes you might just have an html guy and you might just have an, a php guy or do you have to know all well, those the way that my job works right now is that we have a uh, web designer and we go to him um for when we want a particular look for a site and so he will work for a couple of weeks even for fairly simple stuff um and his, it's his job to make it work in all the different browsers, get it looking the same, or if it doesn't look the same, at least making it break nicely. Then uh, he turns that over to me, and as the programmer, I pretty much just sort of cut holes in it. But it helps for him to know my needs as a programmer, which I sort of have to explain to him, and it helps for me to know what he's done so that if I do something and break it, say, you know, if I um, close a tag too early or don't close a tag at all... Um, or if, you know, things start appearing in places where they're not meant to be on the page, then um, I have some insight as to exactly what I've done, how I've broken it, and how to fix it. Um, so you mentioned you, you studied. Uh, what, what course did you do? I did a degree in linguistics and philosophy, which is a Bachelor of Arts, which is the... I, I think that's one of the most computer science degrees that you can do without actually touching computer science at any point. Um, the philosophy... Wait, sorry, you said that very dry. Was that serious? Um, half serious, Linguistics will teach you about language structures. It'll teach you about communication. It'll teach you about meaning. And the way that you get a computer to do stuff is through language. It's through a programming language. Computers don't have the benefit of imagination or interpretation. And basically, you're just giving a computer instructions in a programming language in the sort of higher-level ones like Java, PHP, Perl, um, Python, and, and so on. Um, and so that's very useful for being able to break the language down and sort of understand it, and it just demystifies things a lot. Um, philosophy, you may sort of wonder what philosophy has to do with uh, computing at all. Well, logic is, is philosophy. You know, part of the philosophy I did was the philosophy of logic and language, and so we were reaching back into um, Aristotelian logic. Uh, we were reaching back into sort of, you know, predicate and um, the other logic that begins with P, propositional logic. And you use... Prepositional, propositional logic to do flow control in computers. So you tell it to sort of evaluate two things, and depending on uh, you know how they evaluate, say to true or false, that controls the way the program actually executes and goes. Um, and so I think the degree strangely actually kind of prepared me for the uh, for the challenges of programming. You know, even this, even in a sort of formal way. But probably what prepared me the best was getting a Commodore 64 that booted into a basic interpreter when I was nine, and having to program everything into that. Um, so I've been coding since the 80s, really. So how did you make that leap from linguistics and philosophy to being employed in web design? Um, I've always been a bit of a nerd, but uh, generally speaking, the job. I mean, the job that I got was just through friends. It was just through meeting people. Um, through sort of really showing an interest was enough back then. It's, it's not now because, you know, things are a lot more complicated. But just, you know, showing an interest, being able to demonstrate just sort of a basic competency. Um, I mean, I've been, you know, as I said, you know, having a computer when I was little, it was, it's just sort of a really childlike joy to make a computer do something that you want it to do exactly the way you want it done. And... It's interesting to go through that thought process as a programmer thinking, okay, well, I need the computer to do this, and so it gets more complicated when you want it to do that sometimes and not other times, and then all these other things, you know, stack up on it. So it's just problem-solving and, and learning, and that's what I love to do. What kind of person do, would you recommend web design for, and how do you know that 
web design is 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 what's for you. And and also, if I might add a third question to that string of questions, yep. why do you do web design? I don't actually do web design. It's more web development. Sorry, web development. S- slightly different, yeah. Um, web development. Uh, I think. Sorry, just to just to clarify, design refers to the uh, graphic aspect. Design is absolutely yeah. That's that's uh, graphic. So it's making things, um, occasionally making things behave in a pretty way. But it's basically the sort of the visual look of the page. Inside that visual look, actually, there's a lot of functional um, aspects as well. So there's a new discipline called information architecture. Uh, which is uh, to do with how people actually find their way through websites and position graphics. So web designers have to know a bit of that as well. Um, the web development side, in terms of the skills, I think the sort of person and the, per- the sort of person that makes a good web designer, I think, is that's a difficult question actually. Um, I guess a that's a that's a stumper. What do you think makes you a good web designer? Either from uh, just satisfaction in your job, or what makes you employable? I think. A lot of programming jobs are they're the equivalent of plumbing or they're the equivalent of you know, being, let's say, an electrician. If you do your job well, then it's almost like you sort of weren't there. If you do your job badly, then you hear about it. So I think really to be a sort of a, a good web developer um, or a good programmer in general, you just have to be absolutely used to the idea that no one will really understand what you do, that uh, people will only really sort of tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, uh, when you messed up. Um, so you, you have to have a sort of... Th- a good programmer personality is someone who's sort of intuitive, someone who can generalise very easily and someone who can hold a fair bit of information in their head, um, uh, someone who can understand, you know, uh, just by the way they type out, you know, their instructions to the computer, pretty much what the computer's going to do. And you, you get that, you know, just with experience and, and, and learning. Um, but um, I'm going to steal a quote from Larry Wall, who was the inventor of Perl, uh, which is a scripting language that was used on the web a lot before PHP came around. Um, the three chief virtues of a, a great programmer are laziness, impatience, and hubris. Laziness because you can get a computer to do whatever it is you're going to do. And if you're a committed, lazy person, you will figure out a way of making the computer do as much as possible. Um, Impatience, because if you don't like to wait for things, then you'll probably find a more optimal solution. And uh, hubris, because if you're uh, at all, you know, basically uh, people with hubris, you know, a bit of arrogance, a bit of... um, yeah, people who just sort of rush in and go, yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, probably going to be, you know, more... Uh, I think they'll, they'll probably turn out more stuff. And, you know, when they turn out more stuff, they'll make their mistakes quicker if they've got mistakes to make. And, you know, it's a, it's a good sort of coding style to learn. And certainly it's valuable in a business situation because if you're quick, they like you. I'll make this last question so you can get back to the con. Yeah. Um, what kind of portfolio or resume do you put together for a job in web development? Um, let's see. Uh, there's a lot of talk about this. Uh, I mean, personally, I was already part of the company, so you know they knew they knew who I was. Uh, they took me in, gave me a coding test. So they said, "We want you to make a computer do this." You know, they had like about five different puzzles, well, ten different puzzles, doesn't matter. And you know, they sat me down in front of a computer and said, "Okay, you've got." You know, one of them was you need to sort of take this file and make it spit out that file. Um, another one was you need to sort of reverse these particular things. Uh, 
so yeah, some programming tests. Uh, um, it, you know, it's good to be able to sort of demonstrate um, that you know your stuff. What, what about what you bring? Do you bring like uh, websites on DVD, on CD, or something, or print out of code, or what, what are people looking for? This is for, mostly for people who are still trying to get an interview. Ah, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, if you can throw them a site that you have done which demonstrates some particular skill thereafter, a site that is live up on the web, if it has lots of users, then all the better, because it means, of course, that the site is stable, which means that you can code well. Um, uh, so if you can just throw them an example of something that actually gets a lot of use and that is you know, massively useful. As a front-end web, de- uh, front web designer, it can be useful for people to actually see what you're doing. As a web developer who sort of does back-end, which is all kind of invisible stuff, I think showing them a site which actually sort of functions well, um, you know, just throwing them a URL, you know, that should be definitely part of a strategy to sort of get a foot in the door. So you need to have actually already done the work that you're planning to do for this job. Just, just sort of demonstrating that you sort of line up well with the, uh, you know, with what the company expects, um, that you can just sort of tick all the boxes and say, right, you know, you wanted someone that does this, this, this and that. Um, the cover letter is so important. You know, you just need to sort of tick all their boxes really quickly and um, just sort of be polite, introduce yourself, and make yourself sound interesting if you possibly can. Don't be too weird. Um, or if you're going to be weird, be just awesomely weird. I guess the sort of the core of it is you, um, you know, to get that first interview, just uh, make sure you tick their boxes, read the job application, you know, make sure that you're what they're after. Um, and... Uh, yeah, just go with the interview because, like I said, people don't really understand what programmers do a lot of the time. Um, if you're getting interviewed by a programmer, that's actually the best because you can just sort of hit it off and, you know, you'll know what to talk about and that's good. I'm kind of wittering again. But, uh, yeah, those are, my, those are my thoughts, yeah. Just make sure you can do the job and demonstrate you can. Yeah, thanks, and thanks for your time. Hopefully that is uh, very useful to some geek uh, looking to get into your field. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope so and good luck to all of you. You've been listening to the Career Geek Podcast, a series of interviews with professionals working in all kinds of fields and industries relevant in some way to geeky interests, in the interest of learning about how exactly you get into these kind of awesome jobs. This is also a spin-off of the Canned Geek Podcast. Now that podcast is an hour-long discussion show of geek culture and news with myself and two other hosts, and you can find episodes of that podcast as well as more career geek interviews at www.cangeek.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes and follow the feed of both podcasts on there. And you can also check out cangeek.com for the most comprehensive and up-to-date guide to geeky conventions, meets and events happening in Australia, New Zealand and Tasmania. These episodes of Career Geek have been recorded during and after Midfer, which is Australia's furry convention which was held from December 3rd to 6th, 2009 and is held every year in Melbourne in December. See, I began this project because two things converged in my mind. The first was that I noticed just how many members of the furry community worked in awesome and geeky professions. Robotics, special effects, animators, scientists, there's furries in those industries and more. The second thing was that I've been pursuing my own career aspirations and pondering questions along the lines of, am I employable in my field? So Career Geek is aimed at high school students, uni students, and really any geek who went to the movies or saw their doctor or played a video game and thought to themselves, I want to get paid to do that. As I mentioned, Career Geek was recorded around the time of Midfur, a furry convention which I'm proud to say I was working on as public relations and multimedia. 
It was a really fun event to attend and to work on, and it provided the perfect opportunity to talk to these furries about their awesome jobs. So I'd like to thank my fellow board members, the volunteers, our esteemed guests of honour, and every single attendee for making Midfur an amazing event. For more information on Midfur, you can visit www.midfur.com.au. That's M-I-D-F-U-R.com.au. All the links mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at cangeek.com, and I do plan on adding more episodes of Career Geek in the future, talking with both furries and non-furries. Lastly, and most importantly, I'd like to thank the voices behind all the people you hear in the Career Geek podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me and share your knowledge. Thank you for listening. Once again, the website is cannedgeek.com, and the music you've been hearing in the background is by Chicago Lolly. <laughs>